I feel that a majority of people don't really know much about the subconscious and all the amazing things it does. This isn't out of ignorance, it's simply because it's just not taught. I mean, when's the last time you saw Subconscious 101 in your high school child's list of classes? If you ever wondered, what is the subconscious and what does Jenny mean when she refers to it, or you simply want to heal your chronic conditions, today's episode will provide you with an understanding of this important part of the brain that sadly doesn't get talked or taught about enough. I will teach you the basics of the subconscious, which will hopefully bring to light its importance so you can focus on the work that really matters to create the life and health you desire. Are you ready to stop the overwhelm and frustration and instead simplify your healing? I'm your host, Jenny Peterson, a chronic illness coach and founder of Mind Body Rewire, a program that helps those with chronic conditions get their life and health back by using their mind. That's right. I take out all the fluff, the supplements, the diets, the detoxes, and teach you how to be your own healer. I never said that it's easy, but it can be simple. If you're serious about getting back your life and health, it's time to put focus on the one area that will help you get there, your own mind. The healing work that myself and my team teach is 60% subconscious work and 40% conscious. Yes, German New Medicine is a piece of the work that we teach, but honestly, it's not where the work is. It's really just a targeted starting point for us. GNM is just the explanation of disease and symptoms. The real work that is needed to heal happens through subconscious and conscious work. This is why having an understanding of what the subconscious is, is so important. So let's dive in. First, I want to tell you all the different names for the subconscious. There are a lot, and you will most likely be familiar with some of them depending on who you follow or what healing work you have studied. So here are some other words that mean your subconscious. The limbic system, the autonomic nervous system, the psyche, your ego, your inner child, the unconscious mind, the hidden mind, the voice in your head, your brain. Now, it's amazing to me how this one area of the brain has so many names, yet no one really explains that all those names mean the same thing. In my mind, this just leaves it even more confusing for people. Can't we all just use the same word? Anyway, so now you know when you hear those other words what they mean as well. All right, so let's dive right into it. Let's first talk about the conscious mind. If you ask most people to define what the conscious mind does, you'll get varying answers. Some believe that the conscious mind is where you do all your thinking and logical reasoning, but that too doesn't entirely distinguish it from your subconscious. Your subconscious mind is the storage place of all your memories, emotions, and habits, and is in fact very good at influencing your reasoning and logic. So when I compare the two minds, there are two things that stand out in my mind that the conscious is. Number one, it's your ability to direct your focus. Number two, it's your ability to imagine what is not real. Your subconscious can't do either of these, and these two very important abilities can change your life. I will get into these a little bit later. Now, the conscious mind is also in control of your voluntary muscles and movement, and you experience your five senses through your conscious mind. When the conscious mind wants something, it uses willpower to achieve it. But when the willpower isn't strong or consistent enough to get results, then it often means that the subconscious mind is fighting against the conscious mind. When that happens, the subconscious almost always wins. And I want to repeat this because I think it's really important to remember. 
When the subconscious mind wants something, think about something that you want, and you have this willpower that you want to achieve it, but the willpower feels like it isn't strong enough or you're not consistent enough with that willpower. What that means is, is that your subconscious mind is fighting against the conscious. What you want and what the subconscious is really finding for proof are two different things. They're not on the same page. This is really important. And the reason I'm saying this twice is because when it comes to healing or anything else that you want in your life, as much as you want it or you will it to happen and it doesn't, I can guarantee it's because there are subconscious patterns getting in the way. Your subconscious has proof that this thing you want actually feels like a threat, which is why no matter what you do, it doesn't happen. This will make more sense as you learn about the function of the subconscious mind here in the next couple of minutes. Now, the subconscious mind, I like to refer to it as our computer. It's literally working for us 24-7 to keep us alive. The very basics of it is the subconscious is constantly at work, staying a lot more aware of your surroundings than you realize. In fact, over 2 million bits of data every second. If your conscious mind had to deal with that, you would be very overwhelmed and not be able to get anything done. Instead, your subconscious filters out all the unnecessary information and delivers only that which is needed at the time, which is around seven chunks of information. It does all this behind the scenes so you can perform your daily work efficiently. Now, I like to break down the basic functions of the subconscious into four areas. Number one, storage. Number two, replaying stored programs. Number three, protection slash survival. And number four, guiding your autonomic nervous system. Let's talk about each of these areas, because if you don't know these four areas, the understanding of your subconscious is going to be limited. It is so amazing. Let's first start with storage. Everything that has ever happened to you, whether you consciously remember it or not, is stored within the subconscious. This is an amazing design because it means that you don't need to relearn things daily in order to function. You operate off of the programs that are stored. I mean, imagine if you had to relearn everything every single day. It just wouldn't be effective, right? But as you will learn, this can have downsides, you know, the, that we operate off of what we did on a repetitive basis depending on what that repetition was, it could be a downside, which we'll get into. The events that are stored are what your subconscious references for everything you do. If you had a good experience with something, then your subconscious likely is programmed with positive beliefs around that topic. But if you had a negative experience, then it's likely that it will sense danger around that topic and your subconscious will want to protect you in similar situations just like that. Now, every person is unique, and therefore, while one person can have an experience and have a negative impact on their life, another person can have an identical experience that doesn't negatively impact them at all. And your emotions are generated from the subconscious as well. All your beliefs and your perceptions about yourself, the world, and everything in it are stored in your subconscious mind. It is the place where all your memories and experiences since birth have been stored. It's from these memories that your beliefs, habits, and behaviors are formed and reinforced over time. When we experience an experience, a memory, we're going to have all these different, our senses are involved, first of all. Second of all, we're going to give that particular memory a meaning. And that meaning is going to be based off of our perception of the situation, how I perceived it. 
And based off of that perception, there's going to be my beliefs underneath that. There's going to be some fears underneath that. All of the data that is supporting this memory, whether it's positive or negative, is going to be coming from that perception. This is why perception is so important. And your subconscious is is basically where all this programming happens. It's it's where it's located. And a majority of this programming happens before the age of 12. And this is important to know because despite how old you are, if you haven't changed your programs, you are literally operating from the perceptions that you created from the first 12 years of your life. Now, if you didn't have parents that were consciously aware, which I would say that is probably all of us, this is concerning, right? And as you know, kids under the age of 12 don't have a mature way of seeing the world. So how they perceive situations will be coming from that lack of experience and maturity. And sadly, most adults are walking around with perceptions based on a child's point of view because of this. Now, for example, one of the biggest beliefs I see is I'm not good enough. Most of the time, you can trace this back to childhood situations where this started either back in school or at home. And this is where these beliefs are rooted and they are still operating based on that program well into adulthood. They didn't just stop because you turned into an adult. Um, They continue with you. All the programming that you needed for quote unquote survival into being an adult is already there. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. That's what you're running off of. So this is actually an example of how efficient the subconscious really is. It continues to use those references to stay in alignment with those patterns. Changing them requires being uncomfortable and having to exert energy to change them. It doesn't like that. This is why change feels so hard. And this is efficient for everything to stay the same. You know how it feels to make change. There's extra energy involved. And again, because our subconscious is about survival, it doesn't want to have to exert that energy. It wants everything to stay the same. So the subconscious is programmed by repetition. You just don't automatically have this belief about yourself of I'm not good enough from one experience. It's got, it has to happen several times for that belief to be rooted within the subconscious and be a thick enough file for proof. This repetition is what is going to program your subconscious mind. And the more something gets repeated, the bigger that record gets and the more it will continue to play automatically. And I want you to keep in mind here, you know, those thoughts that you have that keep coming up that won't go away, those were programmed at some point. Now they're on autopilot. So a lot of people say, Jenny, these these thoughts I have, they just like don't stop Well, if we understand the function of our subconscious and how it's programmed, it's not a surprise if it feels like you have these thought patterns that are running all day long because you created that program. You wired it in from repetition at some point in your life, probably an accumulation of many years, and now it's running on autopilot. Uh, So the good news is that you created that program and you have the ability to change that if you really want to. So the second function of the subconscious is replaying those stored programs. Now, the subconscious plays an important role in your day-to-day functioning. It works hard making sure you have everything you need for quick recall and access when you need it. Again, it needs to be efficient. It is an efficient machine and wants to access these things as quickly as possible to retain energy. 
Again, it's about survival. For everything you experience, how you respond will be based on those stored programs, the emotions you have, the thoughts, the behaviors, the habits, the perceptions, the beliefs, and the fears that you all have are automatic responses. So suppose you had a bad experience with a dog and it left you with the belief that dogs are scary. Now, whenever you see a dog, you will feel fear because of this belief and experience. Again, the the memory is the proof. The experience is the proof. The perception that the dogs are scary is the proof. But if you had, uh, if you walked away from that experience with a different perception, it wouldn't be that. Again, it was all based on that perception of that experience that now is going to be replaying every time you see a dog, for example. And the daily habits you have are also automatic subconscious programs. Through repetition, you have programmed what you do from the minute you wake uh, until you go to bed. 90% of your day is all programmed habits. This, again, is why it's so hard to change a habit. It's wired into your subconscious, and it doesn't like change. Think about it. Every day that you have is pretty much the same. You wake up, you do the same thing, um, and throughout your day, your job, things might be different in that sense of what you're doing, but everything else is pretty routine. This is, again, a programmed automatic, uh, an automatic program that we have programmed through repetition from us doing it. And if you try and change those habits... It's going to feel hard because your brain is saying, wait a second, we normally do this. And why are you doing this? Let's try and go back to that other thing. I don't want to change. It's exerting more energy for me to have to try and make this change. So that is what it does basically all day long and through all your experiences that you're experiencing is replaying stored programs. So it stores it and then it replays it. The next thing your subconscious does is it protects you. The primary purpose of your subconscious mind is to protect you both physically and emotionally. It does this fiercely and oftentimes without even being consciously aware. Most of the time, not even being consciously aware. It doesn't distinguish between an emotional threat like public speaking or a physical threat like a grizzly bear about to attack you. In both scenarios, the subconscious will automatically put the autonomic nervous system into fight or flight response to protect you. This can cause your heart rate to increase, adrenaline, and other hormones to be released into the body so that you can either fight or get away. It's all done in an effort to protect you. This is exactly how symptoms happen in the body. How you respond, your perception, which is from your programs, whether it's that you don't feel good enough because that feels like a threat to survival or you physically were attacked, it's going to respond. Your body adapts to survive and it gets that command from the subconscious. So let's say you feel separated from your mom when you were a little kid. That feeling is a threat to your survival according to your subconscious because being alone is scary based on how you're perceiving it. You are perceiving that you are scared and you are alone and you're away from your mom. Now, it could be where a kid is off and running and he's just fine by himself and he doesn't have this fear of being separated from his mom. He won't experience any type of symptoms. But uh, a child that is feeling separated, that is a threat. It feels like a threat to to your survival according to your subconscious. So it sends a message to your body. Hey, we need to adapt because there's this threat that we're getting a message. Again, it doesn't know the difference if it's a bear or if it's an emotional threat. While you're feeling this separation feeling, your body is already making changes to survive, but you don't physically see that. You may feel anxious or have an increased heart rate, and that's just because of the the stress that you're experiencing. And your body is at this time taking the hit for your stress. 
so it can continue operating. If all it did did was focus on that stress, you would literally freeze and not be able to do anything. Your body has to continue functioning. Um, so it's basically taking the hit for this stress until you let it go. But then let's say, for example, you as a child get home and you see your mom and that feeling goes away. You no longer feel separated. You're happy to see her. And now that sends a message to your body that you're all good and you feel safe because your perception now is I feel safe. I see my mom. She's here with me, whatever it is. This is when symptoms start to show because your body has to come back in to balance into homeostasis from the changes it was making while you experienced that stressful time. This is when a rash may occur since it was connected to feeling separated. That is the the connection to separation and rash that German New Medicine helps us make these connections to. So the rash is an indication that you have resolved this particular stress that happened. Now, most people will only see the rash, but they have no idea all the things that had to happen behind the scenes in the subconscious for that rash to show up. There was a lot of things behind the scenes, mainly survival tactics, adaptations that were going on before this rash showed up. And then the rash shows up and everybody wants the rash to go away. But the rash is actually an indication that the person has resolved the situation, that there's no longer any more stress from within that subconscious. And this rash is basically an indication that your body is doing exactly what it needed to do to keep you safe. Another way that the subconscious keeps us safe is by making sure you continue to operate from old programming. Now, this can have a downside depending on what that programming is. Change is a threat to your efficient automatic subconscious. It wants to keep things the same. It also has those memories stored for reference that it protects you from having to experience again. So this is where those old programs get in the way of the dreams and desires you have. We call these secondary gains. They keep you stuck so you don't have to experience quote-unquote pain again. So for example, let's say you want to heal your chronic condition, but you know if you heal that you would have to take on more responsibilities. Your subconscious has proof in its storage box that taking on more responsibilities means that you may burn out, get overwhelmed, or maybe fail at doing these responsibilities. Now this pain is something that your subconscious wants to avoid. It doesn't want to feel overwhelmed again because in the past you felt it probably before and there were bad feelings with that. It ended up in a bad uh, situation. You want to avoid that. Subconsciously, you want to avoid that. You, you don't. Your subconscious doesn't want to put you into a place of a risk of survival. Again, it's all about the survival. So because it wants to avoid that pain, it will find your reasons to stay where, uh, to stay stuck and stay where you're at and keep you from healing. Again, this is all out of protection. It is one of the biggest areas that we find people um, are not addressing when it comes to healing. This is a missing piece to why people have tried all of this work, uh, mind work, subconscious work, and they say, I'm still stuck. Well, probably some secondary gains involved there in which the subconscious is protecting you from healing and moving forward. Now, the last thing that the subconscious is responsible for is the autonomic nervous system. The the subconscious actually guides your autonomic nervous system, which is part of the nervous system responsible for 
all of the functions not consciously directed, like me moving my arm right now, I'm consciously directing that. That's me and my conscious mind. But my breathing, the heartbeat, my blood flow, my organs functioning as I'm talking here and standing here, everything is functioning and I don't have to tell it what to do. That is the autonomic nervous system and your subconscious guides that system. If its normal activities are interrupted, if the autonomic nervous system activities are interrupted by abnormal or prolonged emotional disturbance, it causes disruption to the functions, which will result in mental and physical symptoms or both. I hope you heard what I just said, because it's super important. If we're wondering what is the root cause to why we have symptoms, that is exactly what is the root of it. This literally summarizes how symptoms and disease is manifested. Your bodily functions know how to function on their own through the subconscious. But if they're not healing or if they're not, quote unquote, working the way that they're supposed to, which isn't, that's not true. They're they're just in a healing phase. It's because of something within the subconscious that is interrupting it. The emotional disturbance, that event that you had that is possibly still bothering you is rooted they're based on the stored programs that you have. Remember, that's one of the functions. It has these stored programs and how you respond to things is based off of that. So if we respond in a certain way that gives basically a red flag to the subconscious that this is a threat, then the body is going to adapt to that. And your autonomic nervous system is going to get a message from the subconscious. And this should be great news to you because then you know exactly where to focus to heal. And this is why I personally in our MBR program focus on just the subconscious with the work that I teach because it starts here. This is the only place of focus that is necessary. Again, in my opinion, and based off of all of the great results we have from our clients, you know, this is an area that stands true. Yes, what you eat is important. I get that debate a lot. Well, what do you mean? Don't you think nutrition, don't you think nutrition is important and what you eat? Yes, those things are important. But do you think that you will choose healthy food if you don't have love for yourself first? This is why so many people fail at making dietary lifestyle changes or any change for that matter. If they don't work on their subconscious first, that's where everything is rooted. If I love myself and I'm working on the the and and I've worked on the patterns in which I say I am valuable, I am worthy, I want to take care of this body that I've been given, that's self-love. I want to nourish it. And I'm going to want to then take action to do that. So we can't be just focusing on all these external fixes and then wonder why people don't make those external fixes. It starts internally within those subconscious patterns and the beliefs that we believe about ourselves. All right, so the subconscious helps you attract your experiences in your life. Just like the subconscious mind avoids situations that it considers to be dangerous to you because it wants to protect you, it also attracts you to situations and people that prove its beliefs to be true. In other words, whatever beliefs are stored in your subconscious mind will be played out in your life because in essence, they are your truths. They are your reality. They are the filter in which you see your world. This is why two people can be experiencing the same exact situation, but walk away with two different, entirely different accounts of that experience. It's because they are literally viewing that experience through the lens of their subconscious beliefs. 
For example, let's imagine that an eight-year-old child experiences the divorce of her parents. It's a fairly civil divorce, but the child wasn't told very much by her parents about why the divorce was happening. She decides that it must be her fault, and in her decision, she also decides that it's because she is not enough to keep them together. This belief gets stored in her subconscious, and as she matures into a young woman, she is still dealing with a subconscious belief that she is not enough. It gets played out in relationships and her career. It bleeds everywhere. Every time a setback occurs, she interprets it as the cause of her not being good enough. In fact, she actually is attracted subconsciously to situations that prove that she is indeed not enough because that is her belief. It's her truth. Okay. So there's a lot of components here. Our subconscious is always protecting us, but it's also always um, having us be focusing on what has been programmed and we continue to attract it. Uh, It's just, again, based off of efficiency. I want to continue attracting what is here. I don't want to do other, you know, I don't want to do new things uh, because that again is going to exert energy. So if you ever wonder why you attract certain situations or people, again, it's back to the subconscious. So which is more powerful, the subconscious mind or the conscious mind? Your subconscious mind's primary role is to protect you, which is, you know, another way of saying keeping you out of danger. When you experience emotional stress, it means that your subconscious mind is interpreting the event or thought that triggered the stress as dangerous or threatening. It gets that interpretation from past experiences. So for example, some people experience stress when public speaking or flying on an airplane. This means that there is an underlying belief in the subconscious that there is some sort of threat when doing these activities. It could be completely made up or it can be based off of an experience that they've had. Either way, it's a belief within their mind, which is causing them to have this fear. Even if the person's conscious mind uses reason and logic to try and make themselves feel better, The subconscious mind still senses a threat and therefore puts the body into a stress response. The result can be, you know, the increased heart rate, adrenaline, the sweaty palms, everything else that goes with the fight or flight, even though their life is not threatened. Again, it it doesn't have to be where they're physically threatened, but it feels like there's a threat because of the thoughts that this person is having and the subconscious patterns that are programmed and within their subconscious that it's referencing. So this is where, you know, one of the things that I see often in the mind-body world is, well, just tell yourself you're safe and just tell yourself over and over, you are safe, um, you are are fine, um, you are loved, and, and you're repeating these things, right? And not to say that creating safety isn't necessary because it is necessary for healing, but if you do this before, like if you say, I am safe over and over, your subconscious because you haven't worked on the deep stuff, is going to go, <laughs> yeah, right, you're safe. I mean, do you remember this experience? We have a file this thick that proves right now you are not safe talking in front of people. We've got so much evidence to say that this is a scary thing, that you telling yourself safe, right, that you're safe right now is not going to cut it. We have got more proof than this, this little phrase that you're saying. And so in this case, the subconscious is going to win because you haven't worked on the core root uh, where this all started from. So it's really important to note that even though the conscious mind uses willpower to try and convince uh, a person that giving this public speech or flying on this airplane is fine, it can't control the outcome. 
And that's because the subconscious mind, that protector will typically win when it doesn't agree with the conscious mind. They both have to be on the same page. The conscious and the subconscious mind have to be on the same page. It disagrees if it has proof within its storage from the memories and perceptions that what you are saying is not true. Like I gave that example, this these files are very thick. We've got lots of evidence that what you are saying is not true. You've got to clean up those files first and then you can say, I am safe and, and say that. And there's going to be a lot more truth and strength to that uh, and, and actually be put to good use rather than saying it and having more struggle between the subconscious and the conscious. This is why working on the old subconscious patterns is so important before you decide to consciously start directing it. Your conscious is very powerful, but until you clean up the programs in your subconscious that are driving your conscious ways, the subconscious will win. All right, so at this point, I hope you're excited about your subconscious mind. Why should you be excited? Because just because it was programmed in this way doesn't mean you can't change those programs. Just like programs in a computer, you can replace them. Staying a victim to your programs is staying a victim. You desire to change. Your desire to change them has to be stronger than they are. That usually happens when we have hit bottom, when our health is bad, or when those programs are negatively affecting your life in a way that we don't want anymore. This is why you often don't see people making drastic changes until they have hit a certain point. The shit has got to get deep before we decide to make change. And that's just the truth in a lot of cases. For me, I was no longer willing to let my son be influenced by my negative patterns. I needed to be the wife and mom that I wanted to be. I was sick of seeing the look on my husband's face when he came home from work and he saw me laying on the couch. I was sick of not being able to get in the car to get groceries. I hated looking in the mirror and not loving me. I was sick of it all. And I needed to be sick of everything around me to find the desire to change. Once I had the desire, nothing stopped me and my life and health were completely changed because of the changes I made within my subconscious. Next, you may be wondering what is required to make these changes. If you want to change your life and health at a core level, then you will have to work on your programs that are held in your subconscious mind. Yes, there are healing programs out there that don't do this deep level work and only focus on conscious work. I call those surface level techniques. While those techniques can be helpful, I often see people end up right back where they started, maybe a year later, because the deep work wasn't done. If you want to pull a weed out for good, you have to pull it from its roots. Core level work is going to be unique to you and your experiences. You need to identify the patterns that are wrecking havoc on your life, which often reveal themselves through your symptoms. Once you identify the patterns, making the connections to where they were established is incredibly powerful to making changes in the subconscious. Until the subconscious mind is reprogrammed with a different belief, life can be a vicious cycle of wanting something on a conscious level, but avoiding it on a subconscious level. It can be frustrating because ultimately you sense that you have the capability to change, but you just can't seem to make it happen. The key to making the change is changing the subconscious programs. Essentially, you are changing the files of proof that your subconscious has stored. And once you do that, then you can come in and use your conscious to rewire new programs. Remember to take out the old, put in the new. And remember what I said at the beginning about the conscious and its two important abilities, your ability to direct your focus and your ability to imagine what is not real. These are two very important abilities that only your conscious can do, and you can take advantage of them once you let go of the subconscious programs. 
by continuously being in charge of your own thoughts through directing your focus and using visualization, you can influence what programs the subconscious mind constantly runs. And if you do this often enough and with enough emotional energy behind it, then it will start to reprogram your subconscious mind. This is the rewiring process. And when that happens, you'll experience change on a very deep level. It's very much a top-down approach. After all, it's how your habits, behaviors, beliefs, and perceptions were created in the first place. This ability of your conscious mind to direct your attention and awareness is one of the most important powers you have. And to create change in your life, you must learn to control what you consciously focus on. But how do you do that? The actual skill of directing your focus is quite simple. All it comes down to is making a choice. Deciding how you will think and what thoughts you will allow in your mind will determine your destiny. It can literally be used for constructive or destructive means. Our mental thoughts are probably the only one true freedom we have in this world that we can actually control. A man can be physically trapped in prison in absolute inhumane conditions and yet still be free in his own mind. We alone can choose how we are going to respond to our experiences in life. One of the truly great things about the subconscious and one which you need to take advantage of in order to have change is that it obeys orders. People often think that the subconscious is in charge and you are at its mercy. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Your conscious mind gives it the direction, the environment, if you like, for which it operates in. The subconscious will only deliver the emotions and feelings of what you continuously think about. Now, I'm not saying it's as easy as changing what you think of in in one moment and your entire life will change. In most cases, your default programs have way too much energy attached to them to change instantaneously. And this, again, is why the core work is needed, the deep level work of those old subconscious patterns, because then the change consciously that you make happens much better, much easier, much faster. This is why the work we teach is over a longer period of time, because it's not realistic to make changes in a short period when it comes to the old subconscious patterns. Awareness is the first step to change and allows you to identify your mental, emotional, and physical patterns. Once you become aware, then you can take the second step of changing and influencing your subconscious mind so that over time, it starts to operate differently. Now, the other part of your conscious mind is the power that visualization and your mind can literally imagine something that is totally new and unique, something you've never physically experienced before. And on the opposite of that, your subconscious can only offer versions of what memories it has stored in your past experiences. So you can use this to your advantage by uh, the by basically having a trick, by tricking the subconscious, what you are putting in your mind visualizing is an actual memory. So what you say in your mind and what you imagine and what it, what it feels like to be real, like you put the emotions behind it, you're basically telling the subconscious this is a memory. So whatever is brought up by your conscious imagination and you focus on it, it will feel like a memory to the subconscious mind, which is great because, again, the one of the functions of the subconscious is that it constantly is accessing your old memories. It's using that on a regular basis. So if it's referencing this visualization that you're doing on a daily basis, it's going to use that and help you take action in different ways. It's basically tricking the subconscious mind. 
And so visualization can be used to create some amazing results. In one sporting study, three groups of people were tested on their ability to improve their free throw accuracy in basketball. They were tested at the start of the experiment and at the end. One group was instructed to physically practice free throws for 20 days in a row, and the second group was not allowed to train at all. The third group spent 20 minutes a day getting into a relaxed state and only imagining themselves perform the free throws. There were They were also taught that if they missed in their minds to adjust slightly and see themselves getting it the next time. At the end of the experiment, the results were incredible. The group that physically practiced each day improved their score by 24%. The second group who didn't practice understandably didn't improve at all. But the third group who had only visualized doing it actually improved their score by an amazing 23%, nearly as much as group one who actually practiced. So don't underestimate the power of the conscious mind or visualization. All right, so now I hope you are also excited about the conscious mind too. The conscious and the subconscious are very critical to creating change in your life and health. No one else can do this work for you. Remember that you need to pull out from the roots first. You've got to do the deep level work first before you do the conscious to be most effective and to really rewire in the easiest way. Otherwise, there's going to feel like there's a lot of resistance. And you need to keep this simple. What is in your subconscious influences everything. From the addictions you may have, your relationships, your health, your finances, everything in your life. The perceptions you have of life experiences are based on what memories are stored in your subconscious. They are the proof. If you want to change your health or life, you must address those first, and then you can do the conscious work. This is why a blend of both is needed and why we, in the MBR programs and courses, we do a blend of both, of subconscious work and conscious work. The things that trigger you, your emotions, fears, and symptoms all reveal what programs you need to work on. You are unique, and this work will be very unique to you. There isn't just a, this is exactly what you do. Yes, we have a step-by-step process, but they are going to be unique to you. They're going to involve you finding the connections, and we have to help you with that individually. And I know that this may seem daunting because it feels like you have so many programs. We have people that come up to us and say, I just feel like I have so much to work on. I don't even know where to start. But the truth is that most people are operating from three to four main programs. And there are sub programs that are running from those. It's like little little branches off of those three to four main large, you know, core branches. You really just need to work on the main programs and the rest will disappear. Everything else is just bleeding from those three to four main programs that you have. At MBR, we simplify this whole process for you. We dissect it piece by piece, layer by layer, really focusing on the things that just matter and really getting to the core of it. We keep it simple and we keep it focused, giving you the exact things you need to do. And if you would like to learn and use the MBR method to clean up the unhealthy subconscious programs that are affecting your health and life, please request a custom healing plan so we can direct you towards which of our products is best for your situation. Now, more people need to know about the subconscious mind. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with others and hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when new episodes are available. You can also connect with me and continue learning by following me on Facebook at Mind Body Rewire and on IG at The Mind Body Rewire. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.